everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Coach V Show, where we are featuring this evening, this Mono Motivation Monday, Brother Jake Lange of the University of Texas Longhorns down in Austin, Texas, where he is the player personnel analyst. He will share, be sharing with us his success stories and frameworks and talk about experiences and bear his testimony about all of the challenges that is that he faced. And he brings up a couple key themes, uh, three actually, and at least two of them he talks about how perseverance, uh, gaining a mentor and becoming a mentor as the third one is something that we all should be considering, right? And perseverance and not quitting is the number one attribute it is of all the people it is that I coach and their success is. Of all the nuts and bolts and the best practices within the industry, not quitting is a major factor that all of the successful share. And getting a mentor is his third life lesson and his message to the world that he's gonna be sharing, which is huge. I have a mentor. I mean, not only is my wife my number one mentor, and then I have a pastor. I have a mother and a father that still are my mentor. But I also have people within the personal development industry that I go to, and uh, I do my personal development with them in their conferences. And then I also have a pastor who's my mentor. So that's huge. And then becoming a mentor, which he talks about, which he wants to really do that mentor people. I really feel is the only way that once you reach a certain height in your career or in your profession, that the only way to get to the next level is to actually share your knowledge where you also raise your enlightenment and go to your next level by helping other people achieve what they want in life, leadership and business. Thank you and shout out to again for to Jake Lange for coming on to the show. And thank you all for tuning into this episode. Uh, that's all my time for right now. Enjoy the interview and I will see you next Mana Motivation Monday, and now a word from our sponsor. Souls is more than just for saving your floors. It also prevents heel bruises and pains from unbalanced cleats. Hi, my name is Daniel Bruckner. I'm a private practice uh, pediatrician here in Southern California, as well as the chair of pediatrics at um, uh, Providence Cedar sinai Tarzana Hospital, and a good friend of Wendy's and also the pediatrician of her children. And I'd like to uh, take this time to support her product, Souls. Um, I think it's an amazing product that will benefit children greatly. And uh, every day we see kids come from soccer practice, things like that. They don't want to uh, take off their cleats, so they come in and, and I've seen uh, accidents, I've seen sprained ankles, I've seen hurt heels, and I think that this Souls product will really uh, help uh, prevent those from happening, uh, not only as a pediatrician, but also as a consumer. I can't wait to get the product for myself and for my children. I think it's something that should be owned by every athlete across the country, and um, I really hope that uh, everyone goes and buys it and enjoys it. Thank you. Souls will have memory foam and TPE mesh that will wrap around the cleats. After showing my product to my professional friends, I realized one thing. This isn't a product people want, it's a product people need. Souls, taking you from the cleats to the streets. Welcome to the Coach V Show, your Hollywood radio show for personal development with expert insights and interviews to help you, me, and we work to be our best and live our best life. Offering from your consideration through the featured guests it is that we have and some of the insights it is that I have gained from working with Fortune 1,500, 100 companies 
in 38 different industries that your boy has no relevant experience or expertise, but yet they hire me to keynote, speak, and train within those companies in terms of the people equation to how to be and live as a life champion and life leadership in business and empower themselves and their individuals to become a coherent team and work to be their best. Tonight, here on Island City with the Beach Mr. Streets, we are featuring one of my tocos that is in college football, Brother Jake Lange, who is with the University of Texas Longhorns and is the player personnel analyst. He will tell you his story, but we are so excited to see where the Longhorns are going to be going in the future with the second year staff. And brother Jake Lange in the forefront in the helping of their recruiting efforts, both on campus and all it is that the staff needs and requires of him. Welcome to the show, your boy, Jake Lange. Jake, malo lele and malo alpito for coming on the show, brother. All right on. I appreciate you, coach. Yeah, no, appreciate I appreciate you. you. So I know I know only the legend uh, that that is Jake Lange. And we, we've connected a couple of times. I love how you're all about, you know, uh, your family, your father, your moms, you know, your your sister's a phenomenal volleyball coach. You got U-list ties, but I only know just really the surface. Wanted to bring you on to feature you so that we can all gain some empowerment, some life lessons, not just in the recruiting realm, not just in terms of how to become a champion on the sports field, but for life leadership and business. Jake, please, what is your genesis point? Oh man, I, I think my genesis point really probably starts with my dad. Yes, sir. You know, um, yeah, he uh, he valued education. You know, and um, I don't think uh, a lot of people here in America realize that uh, that there are no universities in Tonga, mm. right? So the highest level of education is high school, and so if if you want to, um, if you have um, academic goals in college, you, you're gonna have to leave the kingdom. So uh, he had earned an, an academic scholarship to BYU-Hawaii. Um, he was a little bit older, though. He was, he was married, um, uh, came over here, I think, in 74. Um, during his first two, year, two semesters, something like that, my sister was born in Hawaii. So uh, um, he felt like, you know, he had to be, you know, the, the breadwinner right away and not wait to graduate from college. So he walked away from his scholarship to uh, provide for his family. So um, that was a story that I'd never forgotten about. And um, um, so that's, I think for our family, that was really the genesis, the genesis point for all of us. In that, where did you guys go from, from Hawaii and where did you start off in Hawaii? Uh, my sister was born in um, at Kuku hospital over okay. there. Yeah, so, you know, you know, the, my parents were living in uh, BYU Hawaii student housing. Yeah, yep. so so right there in La Ia, um, my grandma was uh, was living there um, over there on Moana Street, and so uh, you know we have we have some La Ia ties, and then uh, soon after my sister was born, they moved to Salt Lake, you know, and then um, the rest of us uh, four siblings who were were born there, and then um, uh, we we had some relatives that um, that learned that. Um, the cost of living in Texas was affordable and there were a lot of airport jobs um, there too. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the thing that, I think the part of the story that people forget about as far as, uh, as far as like 
Tongans migrating to Euless is um, uh, the landscaping part. Mm. Because here in Texas, like California, right? Um, and if, if you're doing landscaping, concrete work, stuff like that, outdoor stuff, you can work year round. Right. Um, right. You can't do that in Utah. Right. You know, come no, like end of November, like business is starting to slow down for you and it probably won't pick up until, you know, end of March or April in Utah. So, um, so that's what a lot of, a lot of the Tongan families did early on in Euless. They, um, you'd have a parent that worked for the airlines, um, you know, typically the, the mom while the, while the dad, you know, worked, uh, you know, did some type, some type of construction or yacht there or something like that. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. So you ended up in Euless. Talk, talk us through that. And, and before that, talk about, you know, the, the, the immigrant and the American dream through this, this like journey in a foreign land, like, right. You're, you're coming from, from now Kahuku, Kahuku side, Laia side, BYU, Hawaii, ending up at Salt Lake city. Now it's snowing, right. Having right. to deal with the seasonal challenges and then ending up. Well, what, what are some of the things that carried you guys as a family uh, just in terms of a life lesson that people can learn from that all of us can, can gain from Jake? Um, you know, I, that, that man, that's actually a great question. I wish my dad was here to answer that, mm. you know, I, I think it have to, it have to be the sacrifices that they made to come here. Right. Mm. Because I mean, my dad left land, you know, I, I think in, in, we held where he was from, like, I mean, they weren't, no one's, no one's considered rich. Right. But like, I think they had a little bit more than others. Right. And, um, you know, I mean, so you could live off the land, you know, you had whatever status that you had back home. Um, you had enough, but, um, you know, something that my dad always told me is that, you know, um, you know, our, our people are, are known as the greatest navigators in the world. Right. But he said, uh, history remembers the people that left home. Wow. You know, yeah. And so like, so that's what he did. Right. And so, uh, and I think they came here and I don't know, I don't know if they really understood how difficult it was going to be, but they just grinded that's it out, you know, and, right. and, you know, it, they probably felt like it wasn't, um, our business to know their struggles, you know, mm. so they just grinded it out, you know, and, you know, even though we were poor, we didn't have much, like we didn't really like feel poor, you know mm. what I mean? We all, we all had each other, you know, especially in Texas, we grew up in these low income apartments and um, it wasn't just a bunch of Tongans in there. It was a bunch of uh, other minorities, like the Laos people, the Vietnamese, the Nigerians, and so, like, we grew up in a in a literal melting pot um, in Euless. And so we all kind of accepted each other, um, helped each other. Um, I mean, we fed each other. You know, I remember growing up eating uh, Nigerian food because, you know, um, some of the people that would give my mom rides to church with them uh, to, to work with the Nigerians. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, uh, and, you know, my, my little brothers and sisters, you know, they... You know, they ran around with, the, with a lot of Laos kids, you know, and we kind of learned a little bit of, you know, what was important to them and the, the games that they played. And so, um, yeah, I, I think they just, you know, you went, um, um, you know, Tuli Matealona, you know, I'm, you know, that's family to you. You guys had a, a working relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he he's always encouraged me to have the audacity to be great, you know, and so like, 
I think that's what our parents had when they came and crossed the Pacific Ocean, right? Um, and then just honoring that sacrifice, I think, um, is really our job, you know, as as their um, their children and descendants. I love that. So talk us through Jake when when sports now entered into your life and and how that transformed how you thought and your approach to things. When did you start playing sports? Uh, organized sports really wasn't until sixth grade. Um, mm-hmm. I really started out as a hooper. My my dad was my dad was considered himself, you know, a, a man of uh, academics, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't really learn until much later that, um, you know, like that he he thought he kind of fell into the the trap of thinking that athletes were were dumb jocks, right? Yeah, so he admitted that to me later on in life, right? But um, but he also acknowledged that that he was an idiot himself because he didn't realize until my younger sister was getting recruited that there was a such thing as athletic scholarship. Right. So he he apologized to me and he said, man, I, I wish I would have encouraged you guys to play sports earlier. I just thought you guys just wanted to play sports for fun. I had no idea um, that there were that those guys that those schools would pay for your school because you know he was all about school. And so he would have done everything to to support us in that. Um, but um, he didn't want me to play football or anything like that. So um, I gravitated towards hoops. And so I was one of the few Tongans that, that pursued that. Um, didn't really take sports seriously, you know, just kind of did it to, to do it. Um, even in high school, like I never took care of my grades. So I could never play a full season, you know, of basketball and dabbled in, you know, spring football or whatever, but never finished. I, I was actually, if I'm being honest, if, if I, if the 45 year old version of myself was, was evaluating the 17 year old version of myself, mm-hmm. oh, he'd, oh, he'd be off the board in two seconds. Right. Yeah. I mean, no vision, no work ethic, didn't get it, didn't care. Um, so you know, like I barely graduated with a 1.9 GPA um, from high school. Um, it wasn't because I was dumb. I just didn't care. You know, you just, right. you just didn't have to get by. And um, but then it's kind of a rude awakening when um, um, a lot of your friends go off to college because they had a plan. And then you're still at home, you know, and trying to figure things out. And, um, you know, I wish I had a cool high school career to brag about. I don't. Um right. It wasn't really known as the the football guy or the basketball guy. Um, if I'm being honest, I think a lot of people would have looked at me as the um, that guy that uh, really had no plan. Right. So, um, so I, I think people gave up on me because I didn't give them the reason to believe in me. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, worked odd jobs here and there after high school. Still just tried to figure it out. But um I I really didn't really get my life together until um until I got married in my mid twenties. So so what would be the life lesson for uh, anyone who is raising a, a an athlete or anyone who is younger and currently in high school about prioritizing and doing your best in academics and whatever other endeavors, whether it be in the field or in music, 
to make sure to strive for excellence during those times? What would your message be, Jake? Um, I think the message has to be for parents, right? Because the parents have to be be the ones to school up the kids. Mm. Because the kids don't know any better, right? And so, um, so I think my message to the parents, you know, because we're we're the ones that are raising the kids, um, like come up with a plan, right? Or or find people that can um that can help you come up with a plan, right? And then figure out um figure out help the kid figure out the person they that they want to be, what they want to do in life. Of course, like. You're not going to totally know at a, at a young age, but you have to at least have an idea of the, of the type of person that you want to be and maybe the type of life you want to live, right? right. And then, and then you work backwards, right? And then you make sure you attack those steps. Um, but really, just is teaching them um, what their options are, you know? Because I mean, you know, it, I could have all the great advice in the world, but like I, I I'll never take someone's free agency and just tell them what to do. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just want to share the reality mm-hmm. of their options, you know, and typically they'll, they'll talk about, talk, talk it over as a family, pray about it, then go from there. But um, like, I, I just don't think um, enough of us know what type of options that we have out there. Right. So, so talk about that. Talk about connecting <laughs> the dots of being really a mediocre student at best, right? Yeah, Not really getting after it, uh, right? Right. Uh, right. And then ranking yourself a person that'd be off the board. Talk uh, talk about that now in terms of connecting the dots to uh, now raising your awareness to understand. Like, wait, there's there's more of this on the line. You're accountable for your success. Talk about reaching that awareness in your adult years, twenty plus years. Yeah, I uh, you know once I you know, got married and went to school the following, um, uh, got married in February. I was in school in August. Um, um, kind of opened my eyes to kind of what was out there, you know, and initially I had wanted to, um, pursue a career in criminal justice. You know, the um, criminal justice seems like a natural fit for Polynesians, you know, for some, for whatever reason that is, um, you know, I have a lot of family members that were in criminal justice. So, um, I mean, even my great grandfather was like a, the prison warden back home in Tonga. Uh-huh. So, but the thing was, like, I was um, honestly, I, I, I probably, I probably was that um, annoying Polynesian guy that claimed to have all these cousins playing in the cut in the NFL and college football. Uh-huh. Knew where they were from, their stats, height, weight. I knew everything about them, right? And so, um, and I felt like I was a student of the game. Mm. But the reality, I was a fan. Mm. Right? You know, there's a difference. You know, I, I think a lot of people get that twisted. You know, so, um, and, you know, I um, I had completed my associate's degree. I got uh, certified with my um, um police uh police officer certification but my daughter was born and so uh, i took a year off from school to raise her because you know we didn't want anyone babysitting her we we wanted to be involved in um and you know be the ones mainly raising her so so that year um i had applied for police jobs um 
um, what do you call it? Um, prison jobs, things like that. Um, nobody bit, and so it was it was time for me to go back to school, and um, I I needed to make a change. You know, I, like criminal justice wasn't it, so. Um, my wife asked me, you know, what I wanted to do. I said, I didn't know. And she's, she basically said, I think you should pursue football. Mm. And yeah, that blindsided me. I said, why would you say that? And she said, because as soon as I moved to Texas, we'd go to the JV games on Thursdays, watch the games on Fridays, watch college football on Saturdays, watch NFL football on Sundays, watch Monday night football mm. on and then started over Thursday, and um, yeah, it, it it surprised me. Right? She goes, "Yeah, I think you should pursue football." Um, but because of my lack of experience growing up, I thought I, I thought people would laugh at me. Right. Yeah. So um, I had enrolled at Texas State University. I was, I think, I was maybe getting closer to thirty at the time. Um, came up with a plan. Uh, to um, introduce myself to the coaching staff over there to see if they'd be interested in having a Polynesian from Euless, Texas, um, who had some connections and um, was related to a lot of ballers um, to see if I could you know, probably help them out in recruiting. And luckily for me, it worked out. So you were there at Texas State, <clears throat> right? And I see a lot of posts. You've had some Tongans come through there. Right. Talk about that journey and some of the life lessons it is that you learned through that journey. Yeah, man. I um, man, you know that that first year in football. Yeah, I, you know, to make it work, we 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 hired a babysitter, um, um, a nice lady that was in the that we went to church with. I mm -hmm. think we, I think we paid about three thousand dollars that semester in babysitting. Mm. You know, like, I mean, we weren't, we weren't rich at all. You know, we had a mortgage, we had a daughter, um, barely saw my wife and my kids. Um, if I wanted to see my daughter, they had to come to the facilities. Yeah. She, she was about 18 months old at the time. And so I had to ask myself, man, if, if I was really about that life. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's different, you know, like, you know, uh, um, starting my, my first football camp that first week. Yeah. I wanted out. Yeah, I just I just thought, man, like, you know, coming in, right? You you like, do you think you kind of know it all? Then you find out real quick that you don't. But then you're going off of no sleep. Um, the grind is a grind that you've never had before. Um, everybody's getting on your nerves right away. You want to, you actually want to beat some people up yourself, you know? Um, yeah, but man, I just thought, man, I. I finally was able to earn some trust and got into something that I thought I'll, I might be passionate about. And I'm already thinking about quitting. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I had already had some failures in my life, you know, that embarrassed the family. And um, I thought, man, I, I can't do that again. You know, so, so I toughed it out. And um, that was probably another um, like moment in my life where I could look back and understand that um, and, and realize that, yeah, that was part of trusting the process, you know, especially when things suck, you know, like, like man, you really got to dig deep and remember, man, just go to work, man. That's right. 
Because just like there's a perception of being married, then there's the reality of being married, right? There's the perception of being a father, then there's the reality of being a father. But in football, man, there is a perception of what football is. And then when you're in football, you're like, what the? I had no idea. I got I got out of football and I was just surprised how many business people showed up late to freaking meetings, Jake. I was I was astonished, right? Wow. I was sitting around right now with my father-in-law and my and, and, and my uh my wife, and we're just talking about a trip that we just came back from. And I'm like, oh, I gotta go. I got three minutes. Jake ain't gonna be late because you know Jake's a football dude. And then right away you jump on at 3:30 Central, right? I mean, not only the accountability for time, but the demand and the and the, the pressure of time to get something done within a deadline. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness, I had no idea. I thought okay. I knew because I was a player at UC Davis that I knew what football was about. But even even though I was a player, I didn't know what the preparation, the strategy, the design, and the process that went into not just being on a football staff, but on a championship football staff come on jake talk about perception versus reality come on oh man yeah yeah no doubt i uh like there's a um you know that sense of urgency there's like once it starts getting you know to 3 30 like there, like there's there, there there creeps into your heart um some panic yeah <laughs> like, you, you cannot be the guy that walks in late you know and so um and, you know, I learned real quick, too, like never walk into a meeting without a paper and pen. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, that, that almost gives the impression that you think you know everything and that, and that you'll remember everything. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, like, um, you know, I, I, I remember one of the first things that, that I kind of realized um, in the staff meetings. And I was a student assistant coach. Right. I wasn't. I wasn't like a, like a big dog and, and I've never been a big dog. Um, but I, I remember looking around and I had studied everybody's bios before um, I walked into the building. Right. Um, Cause I, I just like to know what I'm walking into um, no matter what situation it is. Right. And so um, I, I sat down and I realized that maybe 80 to 90% of the staff had a master's degree, mm. you know, and so, like, that was a huge example to me, you know, um, because, I mean, these guys had to go, you know, past um, just a degree to, to do what they wanted to do. So, you know, football goes against um, everything that America tells you. Um, America tells you to get good, really good grades in high school, go to really good uh, college, and then after that, make really good money. Right. You know, yeah, football says, I don't care. That's start, right. Start out for free or for peanuts, and so um, yeah. So a lot of those young coaches were um, were making big time sacrifices to to do what they do. That's right. That's right. And then talk about also right, not just knowing really uh, what's called in the corporate world like these task orientations, process, protocol, procedures, right. But but talk about uh, the ability to now raise your awareness and and navigate personalities. <laughs> Come on, that's huge in an office, right? Right, Jake? Yeah, no doubt. And you know, and and 
And that's one of the first things that I learned too. Luckily for me, um, um, there are quite a few coaches on the on the first coaching staff that I worked with that had um, previous previous experience with a Polynesian guy. Right. That I knew. So I could call people and ask them, hey, what is this person like? Right. So that gave me a little bit of um, of uh, a heads up of what to expect from those guys and how they operate. You know, so um, so Tuli was one of them. You know, the the um, the first staff that I worked for, um, um, they had they had been at um, New Mexico under Francione, and so um, so the defense coordinator at the time, um, uh, uh, Tuli had played for him. Mm-hmm. So I reached out, you know, so you know how it is. You you know you find the you find the right person to name drop to see if it might you know be in your favor. Um, luckily for me, like when I named out Tuli, man, the first thing that they said was like, man, Tuli from Tonga, the toughest player I ever coached. Yeah. Everybody, those guys love that dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like just kind of knowing what you're walking into again. Right. And, but like, um, and luckily for me, most of the um, Polynesian kids that these, they, that these guys had coached were hard workers. Yeah. You know, so so that helped me out because if, if those guys were lazy, like my value wouldn't have been um like as valuable as I thought it would have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like and when I mean, you were reaching out to Tuli, shout out to Tuli Matelona. Toko, if you're watching, man, shout out to you. Hope you and your boy are doing good. Was was Tulu at Tuli at uh NFL Europe at that time uh, when you were reaching out to him? Yeah, he was at the he was in NFL Europe and um yep. and that was actually kind of like during the part of my journey where I was like, man, who do I reach out to? Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't know who I, you know, I, I didn't know like which Tongans were really in football besides uh, the typical guys at BYU and Utah. Mm. You know what I mean? So like the internet actually kind of helped me um, figure that out. And, um, and I, and I found out about Thule, right. Being in NFL Europe and it was actually through MySpace. Uh-huh. <laughs> MySpace, right? Yeah. So we're talking what, 2003, 4? Um, my first year in football was 2008. 2008. So we're yeah. talking 2006, yeah. 7, 8-ish. Right, right. Yeah. So um um no, 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 back up. No, you're right because this was actually before I had found out about him, but I was kind of like dabbling about uh uh-huh. dabbling with the idea of getting into football and um but you're right. It, it was a little bit before that. And um, yep. and so really, I just reached out, you know, just to tell him that, man, like, I don't really see any Tongans doing what you're doing, man. Like, no, I, I admire it. And so, like, we've been in touch ever since. And then, like, and on and then, you know, like, not too long after that, I found out about you. Mm-hmm. I mean, doing what you were doing at um at uh, Mount Sac or, well, um, Boise State. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, now that I think about it, um, shoot, you might not have been the just the first Tongan DFO. You might have been the first Polynesian DFO, correct? You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But when I was at the, the DFO there, um, I didn't cross paths with any. And I was on a couple of uh, committees, like with the Rose Bowl, all those yeah. guys that represented the Pac-10, Big 12 and all that. Those guys were all Balangis or Uliulis, yeah. you know, African-Americans or, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm not be sure before. because maybe Hawaii might have had like a Hawaiian DFO 
at one point, but I can't remember, Jay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I'd, I, I'd be interested in finding that out. Uh, at least I know for, for the Tongan community, I think, I think you're that guy. Uh, and, and really, you know, Steve Kalfusi was the first full-time Tongan coach. Yes. And he was actually the first GA as well. And so, yes, uh, you had to have been like right up there as far as like the Tongans getting into coaching as well. Yeah, so I was I, one of the yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, so guys like yourself were um instrumental for me, right? To because you know, once you see your own people doing it, you know, then you um then you kind of have like a blueprint, right? But, mm-hmm. but but luckily for me, you know, we had the internet to connect all of us, you know what I mean? And so I mean I still remember um I still remember like at one point where you know I was trying to figure out what my next move was and um and um and, and i got a text from me you know just just checking in and mm. uh, wondering how everything's going and like man I, man i just appreciate it because i, I kind of needed like um um i guess someone to like to like um i don't know inject some faith into me mm. you know so so yeah, that was that was huge for me to because you had been there, done that, right? And you know, like I, I think I'd gotten to a point where um, I didn't want to take advice from people who had never been there, mm. uh, and I didn't want to take constructive criticism from people who had never constructed anything. Mm. You know what I mean? So like, I, I needed because I had enough people in my life like that, right? Hey, don't <laughs> be like me. Don't don't be like me. I was one of them, right? And so I'm like, okay, I'm tired of that narrative. Um, I need some examples in my life of people who have been there, done that, and I can help you avoid um, some pitfalls and some, and some landmines. I've got the blueprint to tweak it to your life and see how it can help you. Mm. So, yeah, good guys like yourself. Diki Nikini as well. You know, mm. I, I, Shout I mean, out Diki Nikini, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that guy to death. I, I think, you know, Rich Kalfusi is, is another guy that's kind of created um, – like his own value and in, 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 in the things that he got into, you know, at the, uh, at the university of Utah and, you know, on, on the academic side, um, yeah. you know, Wanga Dumuni over there at Utah state. Um, yeah. Shout out Wanga Dumuni. Yeah. So like, yeah. So I think luck, you know, luckily for me, I, I, I was, um, I'm a part of a generation where I could learn from guys who had been there, done that. And, um, the internet, social media, whatever it is, um, kind of connects you. And then, then really it's up to you to earn some trust. Yeah. You know? Real talk. Yeah. So talk, so talk about where, where you are now. It's an exciting time. I, I'm eagerly watching, watched a ton of games last year. Um, a couple of the guys that I know who have some championship pedigree are on your, on your, uh, on your staff, who I think are amongst, you know, some of the best in the industry, no doubt, not even close, that those guys are high-level cats. Talk about what you do now and, and, and what you're experiencing in general. You don't have to give out any details that that you're not supposed to. But just talk about in general what the experience is there, uh, you know, in Austin. Yeah. Um, currently, I'm the player personnel analyst. Um you know, I like to tell people that I'm a football scout, you know, whether people mm-hmm. want to believe that or not, whatever. Um, but but there's also like a recruiting side to that, right? So it's not a, it's not just about identifying, evaluating prospects. Um, it's about figuring out if, if those guys are the right fit. 
you know, right. character-wise, work ethic-wise, mental processing-wise. I, th- I think mental processing is 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 an aspect that um, that most people don't um, realize how important it is. You know, yeah. um, like um, yeah, there's there's an old saying in football, and, and it's and it's outdated. And I'm and I'm like, I'm gonna sound like a jerk because I you know, but it it's really the best way that I can articulate it. Um, mm-hmm. Um, I had a coach tell me if, if you have a player that's built like Tarzan plays like Jane, um, it's typically because he thinks like Cheetah. Uh, uh, uh. You know? So like, I mean, I, I know I just sounded like a jerk now and, and I, you know, especially because I have my own daughter that's coming through the ranks, but, but really, yeah, like, I, I think you have a, you have to have a certain football IQ to understand if someone else doesn't have that football IQ. Then you have to ask yourself, you know, can he teach that guy? Does, does he have the mental capacity to teach it? Um, but also, to how much time will it take? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because the you know NFL doesn't doesn't just apply to football, right? So I'm, to the NFL, it, it applies to college football too. That's right. You know I mean? Yeah. So um, yeah, like especially at a school like Texas, man, like you're expected to get the best and win right away. Not a whole lot of people. Mm-hmm. Have the patience that it takes to, to really build. Right. And so, mm. yeah, in my opinion, guys like Jimmy Johnson, um, you know, what he did with the Dallas Cowboy, Cowboys from turning them from a team that won one or zero games his first year and then winning the whole thing in year three. I think everyone thought that they could do that. Yeah, um, yeah. No, but they're the exception. With everyone else, in my opinion, it's going to take at least five years. Yeah, you know, but people just don't have that patience. So, um, yeah, it's to um, evaluate guys, identify them, um, figure out you know what they're made of, um, how they were raised, you know, because obviously as a football program, we're gonna um, we're gonna stand for something, and I think I've learned. I'm almost 15 years deep in college football. Um, it's really wow. hard. Yeah. So it's really hard to change the way someone was raised. Yeah. You know, it's difficult, right? And so um, so you've got to find out how someone was raised and figure out if if their experience aligns with what you guys stand for. Mm. And if if you know if it's within if it's within range, okay, then we can make it work. But if it's totally like completely opposite uh man it, it might just be better for both sides to move on yeah 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 so yeah i was i was just explaining to someone um that um recruiting isn't just you know accumulating you know 25 of the top prospects a year it, it's actually a process of elimination mm. you know and so um you know i you know i uh I've I've been in Texas almost six years, and um, um, a lot of the fan base thought that I was going to start the Polynesian Pipeline, and even I thought that I was going to start it right. But once I got to Texas, I I learned real quick it wasn't about we weren't going to be like Utah and like you know have a roster that's one third black, one third white, one third Polynesian. Mm-hmm. We're going after the best. That's right. it, right? And so. Um, so if you're considered one of the best, okay, then we're going to go after you. Um, 
And so that actually limited my my pool of players that I, that I could go after. Mm-hmm. Like there weren't very many um, Polynesian guys that we felt were elite, and the ones that were, a lot of them felt strongly to stay home close to the to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, um, so I, I I got hammered in 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 the chat boards and in the comment sections and in the articles saying that um that uh that I didn't have the ties that I said I did, but <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> but the reality was um my ties actually helped me to recognize which ones I should stay after as well, not just Polynesians but recruits. Period. Mm-hmm. So now that um, I'm going on my sixth year at Texas, I can look back and say, yeah, I was right. You know, because you see how like certain certain um, athletes' careers kind of panned out. Yeah, man, I was right. And we were able to go after um, some guys that were able to really contribute to the team and be successful and, um, you know, most likely get drafted soon. Yeah. And talk and share really quickly before uh, we get into like your message to the world and for everybody tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Coach V Show. If you're listening on the podcast or you're listening on the Dash Radio app from Hollywood, California, thank you so much for tuning in as we're featuring Brother Jake Longy, who is the player personnel analyst at the University of Texas Longhorns there in Austin. And, and, and so talk about that. Talk about your family dynamic. Introduce us to your family as you're willing to and as appropriate. If it's inappropriate, I get it. But I mean, my daughter and I take special interest. You know, I don't chat negative on anybody, but, you know, I'm a fan of everything that's good. And so my daughter just switched from playing soccer to volleyball and she didn't know anything about volleyball, chick, Right. So just to see your daughter having uh, a level of success as a, as a Tongan gal there in Texas and my daughter starting her journey this year, going from like the 13th player that played maybe six or seven points in the second set um, and only seeing limited action to being a starter over, a, a, you know, a 12 week period, man, it was just like biting my tongue. Like, man, she's, she's more athletic. Than, it'll, it'll pan out. It'll pan out. But just to see that and how your wife and you are are, are, are doing what you, you do as a couple, talk about your family dynamics and either and, and do you see it as a strength of yours? Family, is, is that something that's a priority? I think I know the answers, but please, from how would you describe your family, what your dynamic is, what your approach is, et cetera? Um. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't think we're any different than any other couples. You know, we, we work hard. You know, we work together. Um, however, I have my strengths. My wife has hers. Mm. So, like, um, my wife's a business uh, is a successful businesswoman. So, um, really, has done really well over the last twenty years with with um, with her company um, that she works for. Um, but then me having you know almost fifteen years in, in college sports. And now raising um, um, a girl who wants to play collegiate volleyball, you know, um, kind of like what Dee said, right? He he learned from a lot of people. He watched a lot of people and, and how they did things. So I, I did the same thing. Um, you know, I, I think with 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 Polynesians, um, 
when it comes to sports, really more football, um, because so many Tongans have been successful, you know, in, at the collegiate level and have, and have signed NFL contracts. Right. I think I think a lot of us um, ignore the fact, ignore the stats of how hard it how hard it is to really get there. Mm-hmm. Because they have so many relatives that have that have been the exception. They think, okay, I can be the exception. Right. Man, but you've got to have the DNA to play at the next level. Right. I don't I mean I don't care what people say, like the guys at the next level, their their DNA is a little different, right? Yes, sir. Yes, however, sir. however, only only work ethic maximizes DNA. Mm. So that's the nature nurture part. Right. And so um, and then you know, you you besides physical mental toughness, it goes back to mental processing too, right? Mm-hmm. Like having a 4.0 is fine, but I'd rather have someone that's good at Jeopardy. They're smart and fast. Mm. Thinking fast, right? And then um, valuing academics, being a team player, if it's a team sport, um, wanting it more for yourself than, than your parents and your friends want it for you. Mm. Uh, so basically for me, that's the recipe. And that recipe comes from home. Mm. You know, so like, I don't, I don't, like, I'll talk to high school coaches I'll talk to trainers. I'll talk to whoever. But my main thing is studying the home, right? Because, you know, the home, we teach our kids how to read, and then we send them to school. We teach our kids about God, then send them to church. So to me, every, everything supplements the home. It's not the other way around. Real talk. Come on. Yeah. So so for my daughter, um, I actually took away all the pressure um, or potential pressure of her playing volleyball when she was, when she was super, super young. But, um, you know, I had a sister, that, actually a brother and a sister played, who played volleyball in college. Um, my sister was the first All-State player at our high school. Um, she's a legend there, and she just retired from coaching high school volleyball there. Um, she's probably going to be a Hall of Famer in the school district, you know, some coming here pretty soon. Um, and I used to have my sister's college volleyball jerseys around the house, you know, and we used to have volleyballs around the house. And I used to take these cute little pictures of my daughter at the beginning. Um, but then people would say, oh, she's going to be just like, those, uh, just like your sister, Mia. And so then I started realizing that everyone had their opinions about who my daughter should be. Right, right. Including myself, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I wanted to protect that, that this was going to be her life. I didn't want anybody to screw it up. And so... I actually removed all of her volleyball stuff from my house. Um, I wanted to figure out what was fun to my daughter, what she could possibly be passionate about. Hmm. And we do that, you know? And so we did everything under the sun. We did soccer. We did t-ball. We did sewing. We did singing. We did piano. We did track. I mean, there's some other things that I'm missing, Um, but we did everything. And she didn't really do multiple. She didn't really do anything twice, maybe except for track and swimming, right? Because she just kind of figured out it wasn't her thing. But what I wouldn't let her do is quit mid-season. You had, like, let's finish this up, but you're not going to be a quitter, right? Um, I will will admit this, though. I did save volleyball for last. And so, um, you know, I... I saw that she was athletic from a young standpoint. I told my wife she was going to be athletic, but there was never any pressure on her or expectations for her to play sports. Um, 
it had to ha happen organically, right? And so, um, but I mean, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't, I didn't say volleyball for last. Mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't, but this was the thing that also meant that um, she did not participate in club volleyball growing up like most of the girls do. So she didn't get those early reps. Right. So when it, she finally started last year. At um, what age? What age? Uh, after her freshman year. Okay. Yeah, so it was pretty late. Um, she had the least amount of experience in her club. Um, yeah, my daughter too. Yeah. Right. But, but, but we have to trust the process, right? Because if, yeah. if, I, if I really did believe that it came down to DNA, um, athleticism, natural athleticism, um, mental processing, work ethic, and things like that. Okay, then, okay, let's trust it, right? Yeah. Um, but, but this is the thing, right? Even though she was like the newest person in the club, nobody could jump with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, so we, so my, my my main thing was it's like okay, if we if we didn't get her involved early on, okay, let, let's let's be smart in choosing who we go to develop her, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. We chose United, um, which is actually the club that the, the cap that I'm wearing. Um, the club director at United coached uh, D1 ball for over 20 years. So she actually coached at Texas State where I spent eight years. I mm -hmm. saw the athletes that she got. I saw how she developed them and everybody loved her. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, that means that she's a really good coach, but she has a good culture. So, so that's what I trusted. And so, um, um, so that first year was kind of rough, you know, but you saw right. Her, right. But then uh, her, her sophomore year in high school, we, you know, that's when she first played varsity. We weren't expecting her to play varsity. She ended up starting. She ended up being third in the, in the district in blocks. She led the team in blocks, kill percentage. Um, you know, she all academic, all second, all second team. And so, man, so she kind of sped up the process. Right. Right. Um, but then, then she, uh, she's actually wrapping up her second uh, club season now this weekend at nationals. Um, but the growth that, that she's made from last year to this year has been phenomenal. And so that's phenomenal. That's great. Yeah. But, you know, we, we went from not knowing, not knowing really anything about volleyball and not expecting anything. And, you know, uh, June 15th was the first day that college volleyball coaches could reach out to 24 prospects, 2024 prospects. And um, like I said, we we just been sticking to the grind, and then all of a sudden, man, twelve coaches called on day one. That's awesome! Congratulations! Congratulations! Yeah, so, yeah, so just trusting the process, you know, that's, that's what we learned. So, so in that, what what would culminate of, of all those experiences? Right, forty five years old now, Jake. Yes. Yeah. Yep. How many years of marriage? Man, I try not to count because my math is always bad. Come on, right? Jake. This is the hot. This is almost a hot seat question. Come on, Jake. How many no, years? <laughs> I just no, no. I I just go back to the the year that we were married, two thousand three. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I guess next year, twenty years. Twenty years, man. Yeah. How many kids? Two kids is what I know, right? Yeah, two kids. Two yep. kids. One boy, one girl. 
Yep, 16-year-old girl, 10-year-old son with uh, special needs, autism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we wanted five kids, bro, because there's nine of us that I came from. We had our first kid, our daughter, and she was a handful. We're like, okay, yeah. maybe three. Then right. we had one boy, one girl, and we we're going, that's a wrap. Um, so so in that, in the culmination of those experiences, right, of, you know, your, your family migrating over to Tonga, college scholarship, Laie, Hawaii, BYU, Hawaii, ending up at Salt Lake City, uh, coming down to ULIS, uh, you going through the mediocrity, you say, hey, this is because that's the legend I know, right, is mm -hmm. that this dude not the legend of, you know, maybe your sister's story of being a great player and all that, right? But your story, from what I know, is the legend is a, a person that figured it out when they figured it out and is all about serving. Come on, Jake. Yeah. Right? You go and serve wherever you are, you bring value. And that's the legend I know. And then you, 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 you couldn't get in as a law enforcement officer. Right. You said you've been through some struggles and some embarrassments to your family. Uh, you you end up at Texas State. You started getting some mentorship from the Tuli Matelona. And then you're at Texas and then you're at Texas. And, whoa, you're there now. And then now it's not going the way you thought it would go. Come on, Tuli. I mean, come on. Come on, Jake. Right. It's not going the way you thought. And then and then the critics come jumping out. They're giving you all this stuff. Uh, and then so you're on with the first staff. Now you're on your second staff. You're going through um, and attracting so much uh, into your family's life. You got a, a business success wife. You got a son with special needs and a daughter who is a heck of a player with 12, 12 colleges calling on day one. Right. Through all of those experiences, what's the culmination that would, uh, would culminate to a message? Like, what would Jake Alonghi's message be to the world? Man, that's a good one. I uh, really just perseverance, I think, right? Because Ooh, life I like that, yeah. Go ahead, life, please. Life, life typically doesn't work out the way we want it to, right? So, like. So I, I think the the goal still may, still remains the same. You just have to tweak the process as you go along. Mm. Um, you know, um, yeah, I, I, and, and for me, it's just really just making sure that I have mentors in my in my corner that that I can rely on that will tell me the truth. You know, mm. um, there's enough yes men out there. You know, I stay away from those guys. You know, like I want people that will. They will tell me off if need be, you know what I mean? And so, um, and Tuli is one of those guys for me. Um, um, yeah, just, and just, just figuring out like, like what you're passionate about, find some mentors to, to help you with that process and then stick to it, you know, and, 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 and you know, adjust as you go along, you know, cause you know, when this thing started, man, I, you know, I had one kid, you know, who's yeah. totally healthy, you know, and then, then my second kid and he had, a, he has a lot of uh, health issues and special, you know, special needs. So like now all of a sudden that means that I can't pursue certain opportunities that come my way. Right. So you make the best out of your, out of your, um, your situation and you look on the bright side and look for the silver lining. But, um, but the main thing for me is like, once, once you've figured out some things and you learn some things, 
uh, it's our responsibility to give that back, you know. Mm. So I, I would I would love to like, you know, while I'm here at Texas, I would love for a Tongan female or male to enroll at Texas State who has a who's passionate about football or whatever that that I can mentor, um, bring them through the process, through the business, learn, teach them how to navigate their way around this business um, and help them be successful. You know, like, you know, cause you know, you know better than I do um, um, coach that uh, football is a young man's game. Mm. Right. And so f- at 45 years old, there's some doors that are already closed to me. So um, like, I would love to, uh, I, 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 I'd always hope to be the first Tongan, um, um, first Tongan scout in the NFL. Yeah. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> that's not going to happen. It's a young man's game. So, man, but I would love to develop um, the first guy or female. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And educate them that there's more than one way to to uh, get involved in football. You know, it's not just playing. You can get into coaching, recruiting, compliance, athletic training, all that stuff. I mean, a lot of our people are so passionate about this sport. Um and the reality is not all of us are good enough to play at the next level. Right. And so yes, well, why not? So why not why not rechannel that energy into a different focus um and into a different plan? And you can probably work in this business longer than you could have ever played. Right on. Right on. Yeah. So your message in three words. I got the first one was perseverance. I, I heard the word mentor, right? Yeah. Right. And then that you would like to mentor. Right. Find a mentor, and then you would like to be a mentor. Yeah, so so I think that third one is serve. Serve. Yeah, serve. Yeah, yeah. My main my main message on that man: if service is underneath you, leadership, big time success, and life fulfillment is above you too. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Right? Let, no let's doubt. talk about really quickly, and we got about a minute. Let's talk real quickly about the big projects that you're working on now. Can you share? Uh, Any big you know, projects or what, what is it that you're focused on currently as we're leading into fall camp, right? we got fall camp coming up, uh, yeah. citing, citing new recruits for the class that are coming up and the classes that are younger than the ones that you guys just signed currently. What are some of the projects that Jake Long is going to be focused on, focusing on here in the next quarter, three, three months? Yeah, really just identifying the 2024 class, mm-hmm. even some of the freakish 25 class. You know, mm-hmm. these were just freaks. Um, but really, um, really starting to do my homework on who these people really are, how they were raised, um, you know, like who are the important people in their lives, um, building authentic relationships with them, you know. Um, um, I mean, re- recruiting, I, I, you know, when my when I got the promotion from recruiting assistant to player personnel analyst, my previous boss asked me, oh, do you want recruiting analysts? And I said, no. He said, why? And I said, I think there's a sales pitch to recruiting that I don't, I'm not comfortable with. Um, mm. Like, I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to be real. I'm going to talk about the good stuff and the bad stuff. And so I think in recruiting, everyone gasses you up and tells you that, man, your kid is the is the best thing since sliced bread. But for me, I'm going to tell you that um, that this sport is a violent sport that human beings are not meant to play. And that um, I'm not just asking you for five, I'm not asking you for five bucks. I'm asking you for your son's neck. 
but mm. but this is how we can make sure that we can help him avoid um, beating up his body, um, you know, through all the resources that we have. Yeah. So I think we look when we look at it that way, it brings to reality how violent this sport is, and so um, we need to have a plan on how to take care of these kids because they need to be able to raise their families when they're forty. Yeah, real talk, real talk. Okay, and and take about a minute and get to the point on this one too, please, Jake. Um, let's talk about shout outs. Who would you like to shout out here on the Coach V Show on Island City? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, Thule will always be one of those guys for me, you know. Um, man, this is the this is the second, third shout out to Thule Mateo here on yeah. the Coach V Show. Come on, yeah. come on. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, you know, he's, he's always been that guy for me. Um, I mean, you're definitely that guy for me, too, because, I mean, you, you blazed a lot of trails for us, you know, and, and this isn't just, you know, butt kissing because you're interviewing me. Um, that's real talk. I understand, um, like, what you mean to our people um, and the things that you've done for our people and our community to help set them up for success, you know. Um, um, I think that I think my sister, yeah. you know, she's younger than me, but I look up to her. She's, Come on, uh, say names. Say names yeah. so the people on the show know the names. Yeah, Mia Lange, you know, she's my younger Not sister. Coach. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's, you know, I always said that she was a um, a linebacker dis uh, uh, disguised as a volleyball coach. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah she's, she's super aggressive. Um, and um, I, I'll, I'll throw out one family people probably aren't. Probably wouldn't expect me to say, but really the Kalfusi family. Shout out Kalfusi's real talk. Yeah, you know, I, I've always said that they're um, that Rich and Steve, Doug, Henry, yeah. Jason, um, Jeff's mom, she probably deserves at least a plaque over there at the Polynesian Hall of Fame. Yes, sir. You know, I mean, if you look at her posterity and I mean, her brothers played collegiate ball and all six of her boys played collegiate ball. They got into college. Coaching yeah, NFL. They're you know their grandsons. They they got so many athletes from that family, but um, they've given back. You know, and so so to me, like I think in a lot of ways they're probably the first Tongan family of college football. Mm. You know, to me, you know, yes, and, and and I think that's the thing, right? I, I think these young kids have to understand that um, a lot of these kids like aren't putting it down for their city. Like the, the, their city's already on the map. You know, the OGs have already come through, you know, now it's, the, it's their, it's their responsibility to learn that history and to keep that legacy going. Mm. You know, yeah. I so love that. yeah, definitely the Kafusi family. Anybody else? Um, oh man, just, Oh, we got, you got a 20 year marriage coming up. Come on, come on, come on. Just shout out the wife. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just so yeah. when I meet her, just so yeah. when I meet her, at least we right. shouted her out. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, definitely my wife. You know, Steph, she's uh she's been a team player in this, and you, you know how it is like working in college football, like a lot of it sucks to be straight up, you know. But um, I mean she's the one that that gave me the idea for a potential vision in this whole thing. I I had no idea. I was happy with just being a fan, but mm, mm. If it wasn't for her, you know, like I wouldn't have become a student of the game and respected the game as, as much as I do and um, respect the business and, and really the sacrifices that, that people make to, to stay in this business. 
but also um, respecting the people that it can also find a way to get out. Yeah. You know real what I mean? Talk. That's real talk. That's the realities. You know, at some point, we're going to have to get out and hopefully, you know, it, it's the way that we want to and we can transition into something that we're passionate about, but just bring that that drive, that focus and everything that football brings out of us into that, that next phase of life. So um, definitely my wife. Yeah, that's that's phenomenal. So, so Jake, thanks for coming on. We only have uh, time for one uh, Coach V hot seat question in that. When we are in Austin, Texas, all of the listeners that are listening in via the Dash Radio app worldwide, some are listening on the YouTube channel, smaller audience there, and then a lot of folks will be tuning in to the podcast that releases from this show on Tuesday. Um, let's talk about where do we need to go eat if we're in Austin, Texas? Top two places. Jake here on the Coach V Hot Seat. Yeah, so um, number one, it would be a place called The Salt Lick. That's, I saw that on the Food Channel. Yeah, man, yeah. the Salt Lick is all over the Food Channel. Yeah. How good is yeah. it? Oh man, it's awesome. It's awesome. Like, yeah, I, that that's always going to be my first place. Yes, sir. Um, and then number two, the Salt Lick is number one. Yeah, Salt Lick is number one. Number two, um, Black's Barbecue. Man, Black's yeah. Barbecue. Man, yeah. I, I'm in Houston, so this show airs this coming Monday. Um, but I'm in Houston on Friday. I'm taking the cruise boat out of, out of Galveston, the fam and I, man. Uh, one of these days, though, we're going to make our way down to Austin, man. We'd love to come down and see you, have my daughter meet your daughter. She's going to be in eighth grade this year. Oh, nice. And, and so she's never played volleyball, barely made the volleyball team on the junior high team. They had a short season because they had no staff, four games. Then she played in tournament play. And boy, I loved watching that process. Like you said, the growth is is phenomenal. You know, yeah. uh, for her, we uh, tryouts was uh, in the beginning of January. They started practicing in February, and then the end of February started their first tourney, and it went three and a half, four months. But it was just amazing to see her level up. And I look forward to meeting you and your wife, Steph. And hanging with the kids when we get down there to Austin. I just want to thank you. What's your final, final uh, being here on the Coach V V show? You go ahead, take the floor. Um, I think gratitude. Mm. I mean, having an attitude of gratitude like that that can take you a lot of places. Yes, sir. That can open a lot of doors for you. Um, that will help you persevere through some tough challenges. Um, that way you can, um, you know, partake of the, of the blessings that are, that are on the backside of challenges, you know, like having an attitude of gratitude and that's, man, it'll help you from, it'll help you from, um, it'll help to keep you from being your own worst enemy. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I love that, Jake. Thank you for sharing that because being grateful uh, versus being, you know, negative and whining, complaining, blaming, subscribing to your haters or your own self-doubt. I have never experienced anything positive come from that, but gratitude can nurture yeah. And, yeah. and bring about some good things. So thank you, Jake Lange, who's a yeah. player yeah. personnel analyst at the University of Texas. Thank you so much for coming on the Coach V Show. And to everybody listening, thank you for tuning in to this episode. As Jake and I, we just don't come on this show just for the sake of you 
you know, achieving success. That's only part of it. But we have to be able to also understand how to translate our success into joy, peace, happiness, fulfillment, love, and family time. That's why we come on these shows and talk about the things that we talk about and share not only our successes, but our trials and our failures for right for really, uh, this is how Jake and I live. We're all about faith, faith and family, grateful for God's amazing grace. So until next time, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Coach V Show here on Island City Media Group, where the beach meets the streets on the Hollywood Personal Development Show, the Coach V Show here, uh, where iron sharpens iron. Together we rise. Again, thank you to Jake Alangi for coming on to the show. And to all of you, thank you for tuning in. Until next Mana Motivation Monday, one love and mad respect from your boy Jake Alangi, your boy Coach V. One love, mad respects. Live it. Peace.